Moo and hello everybody. Welcome to the Pink Tron. I am Brent Robinson, and with me for this episode is Chris Greenland. Chris, what are you drinking? Dude, I mean, take your pick. Uh, you and I just got off the bike, so I've got literally left to right in front of me. Protein shake, water. Uh, we ease into things with the lemon LaCroix bubbly water. And then I've got, uh, for when all that fails, I've got Corazon and Yeho Asian Sazerac Rye Barrel. So that'll oh. be number four of the chart. Sounds very tasty. With yeah. me also is Sean Fogenberg. Sean, what are you drinking? Is uh, it going to be cough medicine? <laughs> uh, no, but uh, not on the alcohol, but made something that, that would work really well with that tequila. Uh, it's mango juice with some lime, uh, grapefruit juice, and tahini in it. So Very nice. And I have got an Angava gin and tonic. Angabajin crafted with Arctic botanicals from Quebec. So, oh, it's kind of a, it's nice. It works. Is that just the gin, or is that batched GNT? Batched how? Is it like a gin and tonic batched, or is it just the no, gin? no? It's just the gin. Sorry, I'm just the tonic. Is just okay, standard. Yeah. <laughs> I actually usually have this is my 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 sop to my health is I actually have diet tonic. I drink gin tonic with diet tonic. That's what I worry about. You got to take care of yourself, Mister Robinson. Smart. <laughs> I gotta I gotta make sure I stay light so we can climb up the volcano three times. Like race one in Herd Star Racing League this week is three laps of whole lot of lava, and boy, is it a whole lot of something. Chris, you and I raced this one today. Um, I don't know what, what. What do you want to say about whole lot of lava today? I forgot how long that was going to be with three laps. So you're in for like 40k, and obviously it's three trips up. So we clocked in in the lead C group at just over an hour of pedaling time. So it's a long race. Um, yeah, it's just going to vary on how the people with you are going to ride it, either like a tacky or sit any. But you're just doing hill repeats. Not once, not twice, but thrice. What were the uh, times for, I assume you were with the front group? Um, yes, for one and a half of the trips up. Um, midway up the second time, the lead bees caught us. Some of us were able to stick in for a minute. Um, others, if your name is Orjan, were able to ride with the B group for the rest of the race. Um, so let me have a look at the times for yeah, Origin, best time all three times. Just over eight, looks like. Um, Origin was like bang on, no, he did eight and a half, eight, seven and a half. Seven and a half was with the bees. Eight was with the bees for the second half. And then I was like eight, eight, 10, eight, 15. Um, so, so pretty quick, Brett, what were you doing? I know you had a different sort of race and this is, it can be a much different experience in a group versus being alone. Tell us yeah. about that. Yeah. I mean, the front, the front bees were doing sub sevens. looks like the fastest ones were like in the six thirties, but I, um, I got dropped. Um, well, I actually had the sixth best time on the second, on the third lap. <laughs> I got, so I had a, I had a problem with my trainer, got dropped out of the group trying to get it fixed and was basically solo the first two laps up the well 
I was solo the first lap up. Um, and then I did about a seven thirty something. And then the second lap I um I was with Darren Darren from the herd. I can't remember Darren's last name. <laughs> it's not terrible. And then I it was trying to catch the group in front of me and, and dropped him. And then um the third lap, I was caught up by the, the A's, and so I was racing with the A's up, and I did my fastest of all three. I did like a seven seventeen or something like that. So I actually had the sixth fastest time on the third lap. It's showing number two, showing P two on the car. Oh, I thought it said maybe it was time. the sixth sixth fastest overall, but second for that. Second lap three. That's some good points there. Seven seventeen. Well, but you're right. Some of these guys are A's. I think. Weird. I don't know. We're having a power issue. Anyway, I was fast because I was with the A's. So <laughs> I ended up finishing like I was twenty first on the road, but I was twelfth overall in points. <laughs> these are right. Um. So, so that was um different. Anyway. Um. Yeah, I did. So yeah, I was doing like between. Like I said, the fastest guys were doing sub seven in the B's, but. Um, I was doing like between seven seven thirties. Uh, this does suggest that uh, maybe we point out that you should update Zwift and make sure that your trainer is yeah. paired and and giving you feedback before you hop into the race. Yeah, yeah. Today's racing tip is make sure you have enough time to make sure your trainer is working properly and everything before you go race, which I did not do today because I just didn't have time. Perils of racing at noon local. Get home from work through five minutes for race time. Jump on the bike and away you go. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty... Uh, it was mostly chilled out in between. I don't know what it was like for you guys in the seas. Like, there's... Yeah. You know, it's a little hard to gauge what the front guys were like. Um, I know there was... the When I was with the A's, the guy who won... I think that's the must have been the guy who won the A group. Like, he attacked... Um, in the volcano on the flat part of the like usually you, you either attack like early or they attack late coming out of the volcano but this was like inside the volcano on the flat party attacked which you know frankly did catch me off guard even though yeah. i hit my uh truck to try and draft him right away but like he was he put a massive massive surge right before that so credit to them i think we had one of those too if i remember correctly maybe even lap one on the flat bit because it's tough like if you attack unless you make a clean break and cut the draft, like you can't just surge a little bit on those two or 3% because you take everybody with you. So it's like trying to judge where to go and maybe where it's least expected. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, I think it worked for him. I think that guy got it unless like there was one guy who like it kind of strung out in the two, I was with four A's and two of them I stuck with kind of right to the top and the other two, went off the front so if it worked for him or maybe he finished second but he definitely you know beat those other two guys so i guess he had it um you know i i think the one thing i'll say is i, I don't know everybody has a different strategy i don't know how you did it chris but like obviously i had to try and like pace a little bit being by myself going up the climb but i'll tell you be with the a's and you race like i don't know how you guys i either think of like climbs as like pace them or race them and like pace is like you know you find your target power you know what the time is and you just kind of hold it but I find this one is you got to race it, right? You got to hold the wheels when they go, sit back when they can. If you think you can shake people, try and break them. But, you you know, just to try and, like, set your target power and sit on it 
you, you'll get dropped at some point or we're going to be going too hard on the front. So that's that's my strategy on there. I don't know if it's different for you in the C's, Chris, or Sean. No, pretty much the same. The draft makes such a big difference. So it's yeah. doing everything you can to, to keep a wheel in front of you or else you're just, you're off the back. If you're able to, this this works as long as there's a big group, but, you know, top third uh, of whatever group you're in, if you can just stay right in that sweet spot, uh, I mean, easier said than done a lot of the time, but uh, sticking there and then, I mean, I don't know whether they're going really hard at the top on that that steep sprint. Um, in this, I imagine they're still kicking for the line. Uh, I think that's where you decide whether or not you want to save something for the the next couple of uh, times up, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely in terms of the other course. Yeah, watch for those big rocks on the right-hand side when it starts to wrap up. That's the go mark. There's two rocks on the right-hand side. You can't quite see the finish line yet, but that is, it ramps from a four, five, six right there. That's, you got to start getting on the power because if you wait till you see the banner at the top before you go, if you're two seconds off the wheel, you're not going to catch them, I don't think. You got to, you got to be going there. And, it, and then it does go to like 10, 11% for, you know, 10 seconds or so. So if you've yeah. got a punch left, you can put in a couple of seconds on people. Yep. Yeah. And then the other, the other tip I'd give probably is um, like it's HSRL. So, you know, you can tail gun the start and, and I'd say be a little patient in your tail gun. Cause the way that start of the course works is there's like a bit of a steep ramp and then a downhill back into a ramp. And so you don't have to try and make up, like if you're one second off the group, you don't try and make up that whole second before that first downhill, there's usually a bit of a punch and then a coast on that downhill. So if you can just like kind of even your effort out to get onto the back of that group onto the downhill and then race with the front group from there on your tail gun, that's probably the best. You know, if you're onto it by the time you hit that second ramp up after the downhill, you're probably okay. Bike choice? I took full arrow. I think you're okay on a Tron. I, I, I can't. And this course is probably the le it's probably the closest to choose between all of them. I mean, yeah. The I mean the cl the climb as a whole is about four k at three percent. So it's not it's not something that you need a climber on. I could see Tron, but I I'd probably also go something closer to full arrow. Yeah, I mean, I think the one advantage that Tron will have is in the steep bit at the finish. If you're if you're fresh, it's a little lighter <laughs> to do that steep punch, but then you're going to be giving up the finish line and you're giving up a little bit of arrow on the rest of the course. So, so as a C, uh, my couple of fastest efforts were in the 30 kph range uh, in in races. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 super draftable. It's definitely an arrow advantage. It's just, you know, you don't give up that much arrow to even the fastest arrow bikes on a Tron and they're lighter. So, yeah. you know, in the steepest bit, you'll be a little bit lighter. <laughs> um, one thing that I did notice in our race was the dynamic on the descent. Oh, yeah, you were talking about them. Yeah, we had um, maybe a group of three or four. Um, 
leapfrogging each other and tucking and then leapfrogging each other and tucking. And there was a group or a pair of riders just three or four seconds off the back who our group was doing our thing. Maybe uh, the front guy was obviously super tucking and then we were kind of pedaling in the draft of that. But the pair behind us was just doing like 2.8 and they made up those seconds and rejoined our group so that that PD4 at work um, really is providing a racing difference, especially on those descents. Because in the past, you'd really expect they would be going the other direction, right? You'd be getting more, yeah, more time on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on the one descent, I'd caught a C or a D. And I think he was a bit cranky because I kept like, he'd super tuck and then I'd like sprint and coast through him and then I'd super tuck and he'd sit up and then eventually I'd put like 20 meters on him. I mean, he'd eventually get dropped, but I think he was a bit cranky because I'm sure he would have liked to have just sat in the super tuck all the way down. Yeah, you have to fight for the wind in order to get down. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, it's a good classic HSR all route. Um, you know, it's climby, but you don't have to be a pure lightweight climber to do well at it, right? It's your six, seven, ten minute power. Stay in a group and kind of race it. Uh, just a quick, quick aside because I didn't talk to you guys last week. How how bad was the uh, Neokio crit? Uh, oh. <laughs> God awful, brutal. <laughs> I've already forgotten about it. <laughs> you know totally black that out of my memory <laughs> i was in a race with um ali from dirt and who else was in that race maybe Derek bramwell i can't remember if he was in that one too but anyway um i did i did nip a couple there was basically like five of us that were really in the race and ali was definitely the strongest sprinter out of it and um like i did i did actually get a first on like maybe the second alley or third alley and um i, I think i had arrow and just timed it right through from the back and stuff like that but certainly by the time we got to about lap six or seven it was obvious i was finishing like fourth or fifth in every sprint and that was the best i could do so after lap eight i went i went solo off the front and tried to go so oh. I was like, I'm, I'm going to get like fifth in every sprint. I might as well like try and like finish first. And even if I don't, even if I get like seventh or eighth in these segments, maybe I'll like hold off the front and I'll get first. I'll move up two or three spots in the overall points. And Allie messages me. He says, you're going way too early. I said, if I waited, you would have known it was coming. <laughs> and sure enough, they caught me on lap nine or halfway through lap 10 either way. And, uh, and then and then somebody else made an attack from from Castle Park to the finish. I think, yeah. And uh, then the whole group started to go, go, go. And I ended up in fifth anyway <laughs> at the finish line. And I think I ended up moving up maybe to fourth place or something like that. Because I had gotten a couple good results early. But um, I know it's just like that alley. It's tricky to do that alley one, like to really like be on the back and then catch the group. And then like, sometimes it would go like hard for the whole 30 seconds, like a TT for those 30 seconds. And sometimes it would be like a bit of cat and mouse and then just a smash fest right for the last hundred meters. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was like those castle park ones, especially was just like, I want to die every time this is happening after about lap three. Yeah. 
Oh, sounds fun. Glad I missed it. <laughs> I think, were you in the same? No, you were on Friday, were you, Chris? You did it early. I honestly think. He doesn't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the scores. And like, I, I did do this race, and I vaguely remember the alley sprint, zigzagging, and then sprinting. I don't know. I think I did Friday. I try to do Friday when I can. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, uh, it was tough. All right. So HBR. Good. yeah, I mean, there's only like, I guess the other thing to say is like next week is the last one on France classic photo, uh, which I'd be frank. I'd give you a preview, but I have no freaking clue what that course is about at all. I've never ridden it. I guess I could look it up, but I have no idea other than it does a bunch of stuff on in the French course. Does it covering all roads except Von Two in both directions? But it's going to be capped, right? It's not the whole route. Uh, yeah, I would hope not because it's ninety-one. It's it's one hundred and forty-six k, sixty-five point nine, six sprints and three km, three KOMs. So yeah, that sounds just awful. So it's the Uh, first how how many k did you say? Sixty five. See, that's ah, be an hour and a half. Yeah, I mean it will be fast, right? It's in France, so other than like even petite KOM is not that steep. Yeah, the 65k will will end after the second KOM. Yeah, it says inside Les Intestines, so I don't know if it's it's going to go back through Bellon reverse and then into Les Intestines. Anyway, we well we could talk more about that next yeah. week. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what we're in for next week for the last week, and I don't come away. And do we have a? Is the is the plan to start the next uh the next round the next week? I mean I don't I won't necessarily speak for Maryline, but some of the chatter in the group is that there might we might be looking at using a different classification method. Oh. To shake up the groups a bit. To All experiment right. with a few things. So cool. So keep your eyes out for that. All right, that brings us to herd beginner racing. Deuce Fonts. Uh nope. Nope. Two bridges loop. <laughs> oh, I already clicked on next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Two bridges loop. Pardon me. Or it's two laps uh of 7.8k each lap will be 15.6 total. Um should be about a half an hour, 28 minutes. Uh, this is the one that, that goes out from uh, the downtown marina through the S's. And then you do the uh, hilly KOM reverse bypass. So you do the like steep little kick, turn left and come back down. Uh, I like this this course as a you know little short course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's real nice. Yeah, yeah. I, and I always love that sprint. That uh, I know it's not going to be necessarily the sprint, but you know that 
up down across the bridge sprint is is one of the funnest little segments in the game to me so it'll be that that is the finish line right it finishes at that sprint on the bridge uh no two laps so the finish is uh downtown downtown oh, okay um okay. yeah so you like usually wait for around the the little underpass under the under the bridge and go there yep although i guess yeah with hilly reverse you might there might be some breaks might want to try and break people on lap two on especially hilly that's actually the last time i've raced this uh was with the previous pack dynamics mm. uh it is entirely possible that because it didn't actually make a lot of sense to try and break if you weren't going to get much separation because that group going downhill was going to fly past you and perhaps you weren't even going to be able to catch back on. So uh, you you kind of had to be in or with the draft when you started that descent. Uh, there were, I mean, I definitely remember going downhill behind, like we started two seconds behind somebody who had been going they're in the super tuck and then a group of seven flies past them and they end up a couple seconds back. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the case with the new pack dynamics. Uh, so it might actually make more sense for people to try on that, uh, on that last little, little kick. Yeah. I think I'd, if, if I was feeling good, I would try and break people on that last lap. And see if you can shake them off. And that's what racing's about. So if you're at HBR, give her up to see what happens. Yeah. Again. And for this next week is Deuce France. Yep. All right. That brings us to Climbers Gambit on Yorkshire. Yes. Yorkshire Ford. Yorkshire KOM Ford. Yep. So I've been, I tried to get the preview post up this morning, and I've not done so yet. So apologies for the delay on that, but that will be going up shortly. Uh, but for this one, it is, we're doing 10K of the 2019 UCI World's Harrogate Circuit. The start line for the climb comes at about, I've got here 7.7. And then it's 1.2K at an average gradient of 5.5 which seems pretty straightforward, but then you have to factor in the approach and the start and then the flat part in the middle. Um, you're gonna hit entry point on this after, just like everything in Yorkshire, um, after the event. So entry speeds are gonna be high. You've got a essentially two ramps separated by a flat, flat part in the middle. And I'm not sure how to attack this one. I know we've done it before, but just like HSRL, I've forgotten all about it. I don't know if this is a TT bike or a Tron slash all-rounder. I think it's definitely not a climbing bike with the speeds that you're going to be doing at least the first half of this on. But um, what are your thoughts on that? Just to be sure. that So the forward is like you're coming down across that creek, right? And then straight yes. into it? Yeah. yeah. Nine degree left, you hit the line going like... 65 kph it's a blast up you get a flat spot on the roundabout and then an extra second ramp up to the finish line 
Right. So, looking at my times, again, the average speeds of some of my best times are in that 28 to 27, 28 kph. I think for A's, it might make sense to be on like a, a TT bike. Uh, because you're going to be going fast. Uh, D's probably doesn't make sense. Probably want to be on a Tron. And I think it gets interesting in the middle. Yeah. Because you are going so fast at the beginning of it. The one you're going to carry that speed. Yeah. Well, and it does level out, so you're going to pick out, you know, you want to accelerate through that flat bit, and then I think it just levels off a little bit right before the line, too, but... It does, but not... Not <laughs> long enough. Yeah. It is really... So it's like a 600-meter, 6-plus percent climb, and then a 300 to 400-meter, 6-plus percent climb, separated with a little flat in the middle. Uh, I, I would probably go Tron just to be safe, but that might be the wrong decision. Yeah. I... I've got, okay. So we did this in Climber's Gambit, uh, 19th of November of last year. Which I did a two forty three, but I can never I can never check what my what my bike choice was, <laughs> and I can't remember. I think we raced that one together, is my recollection, Chris. It looks like I was on a Tron. What, what do you have to check that on? Uh, that the auto uploaded photos on Strava. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a pink tron. A little bit of digital forensics. We can go back and engineer our bike choices. Um, okay, yeah. So I, I can see, yeah, I can see pink tron being the right answer. And it doesn't look like the time was too bad for the power output. So I, yeah. Well, I doubt that I'll be able to do that time again, but <laughs> let us know what you pick and uh, <laughs> tell us all about it. We, we don't know what the answer is. It's real tight. I, it must not have been. I don't have a climber's gambit time for this segment on my race because it must not have been. We must not have been in the, in the same race for that one, Chris. Okay. I've got a stampede times and I've got HSRL and ZRLs and everything else, but no climber's gambit. So just a little extra info here. 4.3 watts a kilo for three minutes. Uh, at That's 15 miles an hour, 24K an hour. So probably not going fast enough there that, uh, that the TT bike would have made it faster. Only going 24. 
Uh, so if you can do five watts a kilo for three for you know two and a half minutes, it might make more sense. Apparently, according to Zwift Power, I haven't ridden this segment in all of 2023 in a race. Yeah, well, neither have I. Let's fix that this weekend. Come on out. <laughs> might have a double on Sunday. That might work. We're not doing a launch. Uh, we'll get to that one in a couple minutes. But anyway, we'll go to Herd of Mountain Goats, Tour of Fire and Ice. <laughs> it's a long and terrible course involving both the volcano and the Alp. And there's something else in that one. Wait, does it do the volcano climb? No, it just no. starts to do further out. You just start in the volcano. Oh, okay. Well, you must start at downtown Penzo, right? Yeah. yeah. For the race pens, yeah. So the the route itself starts at the volcano banner, but um you've still got to get there from the pens. Uh, I guess you got to try and go when you like. This is always the interesting thing to me about these um, mountain goats is because it's like draftable. Like, so you're gonna go from downtown through the volcano through the Italian villas, and then across like a bit of the ocean stuff, and then up the start of like an epic the epic KOM. But I think you've got to and go, gravel you've down. Got to go to the Alp because I think you've got to like hold the group if you can. And I don't know how, like, if some guys are going to try and smash smash people on there before they coast all the way down to the bottom of the Alp or what they're going to do. Well, so bike changes uh, before you hit the gravel. I potentially bike change down, take it like. If they're taking it easy, you can like chill down the gravel, uh, maybe even get a gap off the front and then switch back to a climbing bike. Probably doesn't matter because regardless, you're still doing the Alp. So whatever, whatever time differences <laughs> you get for the bottom of it, like from the bottom of there, like it could be yeah. minutes by the end. I was going to say, if you're within like bike change time of someone on the Alp, you've had really fun race, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I know we've got a, we've got a stampede coming up in the Alp and I've been thinking about whether or not it's bike change starting from the jungle pens, like one bike change. I yeah. don't know about two bike changes, like to, to do like a road bike to, yeah. get to the gravel swap onto a mountain bike at the dirt and then swap back onto a climber. That feels. I just remember like a lot. We did a, a ZRL on a course that you, we started on the in the like downtown pens went up and then did the descent and then climbed back out uh and man the gravel bikes are just so much faster but climbed back out through the gravel up yeah but yeah yeah the but people were had gapped off the front uh by the time you hit the bottom oh yeah it was like it, they're just you're you're so much slower just on a road bike going down that gravel descent. Yeah, yep, yeah. If you're, but well, and you're this going back again, back. this it doesn't really matter because it's all like this is all about the Alp. Yeah, you're gonna have 
40 minutes to an hour up the Alp. Well, then an hour and 10 in the D's, right? I mean, yeah, our, like my, my time on the Alp right now might be in the hour 10 range. So, yeah. So, um, I still don't have 25 times up the Alp. <laughs> well, you should do this. Yeah, Maybe do a triple on Sunday. Chris, yeah. <laughs> Because I was just lamenting to Chris how much my two rides a week were not maintaining my Zwift fitness. <laughs> Do three of them on Sunday. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, if you like climbing, get out. Get another uh, trip up the Alpin on Tour of Fire Nice on Mountain Goats. That will bring us to the Stampede. We're going to do 10 kilometers on the island outskirts this week, which... You will start at the Mech Island pens, go off Mech Island into the Shisa sprint up the, I don't remember which is forward and backward on Shisa, but it's the east to westward direction. <laughs> so I think there's dirt on that climb, but it doesn't matter. You're still going to be on a TT bike because you're going to go across Shisa sprint, descend the Shisa, and across Tide Pool sprint and 10K should finish just after the Tide Pool sprint basically and that's all pretty flat pavement stuff down there so um yeah other than other than ramping it up for that shisa climb there's not much else to which this is like a little over a k k and a half at like three to four percent average yep with with some dirt in it and the one thing I always like to remember about this one is like, it's not like it, it does do like a trick where it like levels out and then it ramps up one more time. So you got to stay on the power when it does that weird little level out till you get onto that bridge till you like see the sprint line. Don't stop going hard because you are going to hit another, another ramp up there. Is the, I think that the climb up to the Shisa sprint might be one of those things that looks like dirt, but doesn't, feel like dirt to your bike you think it's sand i think that i think in that direction it's actual dirt I think is the it other direction is the sand side okay but tt bike yep it's tt it's just it's there's maybe like 400 meters of dirt on that climb so yeah yeah and you're going to be going back down. Then, like after you go back, I mean, basically you're going to have about seven kilometers of downhill to flat from the top of Shisa Sprint. So you're definitely going to want your TT bike for all that. So yeah, that's a good little TT route, I think. Five k or ten k. Pardon me. Get your ten k time. You know, we did a ten k almost exactly in the first half of. Um the segment on well we did part perimeter loop i think was the one that was 10k ish two laps or something like that so so you know you should should we have a relatively comparable time to use to set your power target for this one less silly than last week last week i gotta say that rule of a pool time trial was like crazy hard <laughs> it was uh deceptively hard to try and stay on that TT time right to the top of 50 KOM reverse. 
good fun, like really interesting type of route, but like you go as hard as you can. And that's like, Oh, by the way, try and descend as fast as you can for the next three minutes. <laughs> so good stuff. Credit to everyone who's coming out for stampede really good group right now with good camaraderie in it. So lots of fun. And that will bring us to the bullseye. Volcano circuit. And it or... is. Where is it on here? Uh, six it's laps. Six sprints. So yep. basically, yeah, just every time through the volcano countdown banner. It's a sprint for the line. And this one is the. I'm trying to, I'm just trying to remember which direction the finish is on this one. Is it the same one we did today or the other one? So it's the one that, that has the, sh the, the less, uh, you know, double, it doesn't have the little like kind of double kick. It has a little, you know, you go up a couple meters, but you're not going up 15. Yeah, you're already like up on the bench before you go into yeah. the volcano for the finish. You're not starting from below and then up in. Correct. Yep. Exactly. So, um, yeah, this is a good classic bullseye route. Just stay on it. Go get them. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I've ever seen a break or anything on this one when it's bullseye. It's usually just stay on it and sprint. And if uh, you're feeling saucy, just stay on it for the 19 routes and go get your uh, Too Hot to Handle batch. <laughs> Do you guys have that one? I believe I... Uh, I think I do. I think that that's the course that I was doing when I did uh, 100 miles. Okay. Yeah, yeah I... I, I we had some race that was like you know ten laps of volcano and then I was like all right fine I'll just stay on this thing and keep going. Might as well you're a good chunk of the way there. Exactly. Exactly. Might have even been a stampede actually. So I was on like the TT bike and everything. So just keep going. Which I guess brings us to around the horn and we're going to talk about some new Zwift racing updates starting with let's talk about the uh should we talk about the, the I don't, what do they call in this climb the climbers gambit knockoff <laughs> sorry james <laughs> i think it's just the zwift hill climb series or hill climb club um but yes friend of the show uh james bailey uh, recently unveiled this past week that Zwift is debuting a Healthline series of their very own. Um, looks awfully familiar. It does look familiar, um, which is encouraging. Um, I think this, obviously it means that the format is working, that he wants to bring this to a wider audience. The herd community um, has really embraced this format and I appreciate all the support on this. And I think if anything, it's it will complement 
Climber's Gambit as a series, and we need more riders to discover that hill climb format. So we might actually see a bump in participation because even though it is the same on a race by race basis, um, the series seems a little shorter. It's just one race in and out. Um, rings, the GC rules are a little bit different. So hopefully it'll give a wider audience the taste of this format and need people to poke around and see what other races exist in this space. So we might see some more people discovering the Climbers Bandit series. And I think my hope for this is that it might, it, you know, if it does well, so everybody get out and race them. Uh, if it does well, maybe they actually start integrating some of the different uh, scoring things into uh, Zwift. Like, so you actually, like when you finish the race, you know, you know, your your leaderboard time is based on the time that you did on that segment rather than, you know, what, what time you finished at. Yeah. I mean, if you can program the, the Zwift power scoring elements in the background and Zwift obviously owns Zwift power, it seems like a pretty short line to drag that scoring metric and scoring logic in game. And yeah, Sean, if this is a series that they're promoting in sort of alternative format, you should be able to score the alternative scoring in the foreground. So yeah, maybe that'll fingers work. crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Find something wooden and knock on it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but I like it, and I think it will bring more exposure and more development, and more resources to these alternative racing formats that the herd as a community has embraced and championed. Uh, it started under James, and we're doing our best to keep it going. These these wacky and wonderful kinds of racing formats. And another potentially uh, knock-on effect of this is that we'll uh, maybe start getting fewer riders who don't understand what the hell is going on in the uh, Climber's Gambit races and whoa, like whoa. jump out of the pen at five <laughs> five watts a kilo and just like hammer it as a time trial. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> it's half the fun of doing Climber's Gambit. It is. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs> Okay, bye. I I always get to the climb knowing what everyone else's climb time was. Yeah, usually Chris and I do. We do it together. Although that is also part of the fun is being right next to the person that you know and racing against each other on these ones because usually they're there's not too many that are too long, right? They're usually kind of like three to five minute type things. So you're usually pretty close. Um, Unless he throws Innsbruck KOM in there. Well, you know, once in a while. Once yeah, in a while. I, I, I've shied away from putting the Alpen because obviously that is a longer climb for our series, but I noticed first round, James just threw it in, in the, the Zwift series. Oh, is the is the schedule up? Yeah, it's it, the first series that he put up, I think it's only four races. And I think the Alp was, he did it going from shortest to longest and it starts with hilly and it ends with the alp and i forget what's in between but i'll be there for uh, i'm going to try to do all of them and heckle james the whole way perfect
Good. And I guess the other thing they're doing is they the OG racing series. So the June Z racing series, which is if you're not uh familiar yet, is like the every month Zwift does like a series of racing events and they have a like a GC based on time if you do all four events, which I think I've only ever done all four races in one month once. Apparently, this is the tenth one. I didn't even. Did you do? Did which one? Did you do like the the cobble crushers or the? uh... I think it might have been cobble crushers. So I've not done any of these, and I don't think I paid attention to this. So it's a four week four race series with a GC overall. If you do a race each week, it takes away your best time from each week if you do multiples. Okay, exactly. I, I don't actually even know if it takes first or best. Oh, okay. So, you know, you do want to... Oh, it is best finishing time, it says. So, yeah. I mean, so you do want to find... If you can find a big race, obviously you're going to be faster, especially on some of these straighter... Or, you know, well, all of these, frankly. But, you know, so week one has got Watopia. Week two has got London Classic. Sorry, Watopia Hilly. Um, stage two is London Classic. Stage three is Richmond 2015 UCI Worlds, and stage four is London Loop, which you know are all those classic. I guess London Classic is the longest one at 22 kilometers, but that's a fast one. So, uh, you know they're going to be. Um, They'll all probably be somewhere in the half hour range. Yep. Yep. Half hour and... to 35, 40 minutes, depending yeah. on. Yeah, and I guess like. Hilly and Richmond might have like you know cracks earlier in the race that you'll gotta have to sprint onto, but most of them are you know especially classic for sure. I think will just be a roll around sprint finish, <laughs> maybe a break on Northumberland, but I think London Loop. I guess there'll be a break. London Loop takes in Box Hill, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to race up Box Hill, so classic racing stuff if you're not getting your fill of racing with the herd races jump on there do one of those um you know it's a good it's a good little circuit usually and there's tons of races so like that's yeah there's every day there are slots so yeah so it's good to usually in my experience if you get in earlier in the week you find a bigger group and like the europe evening is sort of the biggest one if you wait till like 8 p.m pacific time on a the last day you're probably going to be in a race with six people but but you might win but you might win I've got, i think i have a couple wins actually in this series in that scenario like there was like three of us so good fun stuff any other swift related business chris you were talking about your your apple tv my apple tv is a little screwed up at the moment um I can't, from the interface, from the remote, uh, I cannot activate power-ups, and I can't join a race pen and then end the ride. So I can't, like, grab my spot, hop out, warm up with a pace partner, and then come back in. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. So I don't know what to do about that. So I'm... Activating power-ups through the companion app on my phone, obviously. And then I'm just doing like a six-minute warm-up in the pen. Um, I tried it again today, and it wouldn't let me end the ride. Huh. So, and I don't have any updates pending at the moment, so it's not 
something that's been fixed in a bug and addressed in a small update. So I don't know what to do. I don't know how to end a ride in the companion app. I don't know if there's a way to do that. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. If um, if our four listeners, if anybody is on Apple TV and knows a workaround on that, let me know in the comments. Otherwise, you just see me joining the pen six minutes early and spinning and assume I'm not warmed up. So. Yeah, I, I know lots of the stuff that broke from that last update is not like the thing where you where you try to see the power on the power curve. That ain't fixed yet either. I was doing that the other day and going, no, they haven't fixed that yet. So oh, I don't even know what that is. Oh, I suppose not if you're on Apple TV. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I it's guess, all uh, <laughs> you, you just got to like go through the uh, never frustrating experience of building your own Zwift PC. Although I I got to say like the, the group has slowed down and got quieter. And I think what's happening is, um, well, A, it's not winter. So lots of people aren't mm -hmm. getting their Zwift set up in, but I think people are sort of keeping their powder dry waiting for, um, what the next architecture is because that entire group is premised off of the Zwift architecture working a certain way with a certain piece of hardware. And the kind of the update notes have kind of hinted that that whole premise is about to fall apart. So yep. um, you might not get the same juice for the same squeeze very soon. So oh, I haven't Which, even, you know, the joy of any computer thing, right? Good. Well, I think on that note, we will say thank you to Chris Greenland. Thank you to Sean Fogenberg. Thank you to everyone for listening. Moo and enjoy your races, everybody. Yeah. Bye.